0: April eighth, twenty eighteen, it's a Wat from Pedro Show. <clears throat> Pedro Show, April 8th, man alone, brother Matt indisposed, sunny (laughs) Sunday here, but I'm not totally man alone, because through the wonders of those engineers in Estonia with their Skype software, I got (laughs) with me Nels Klein, welcome aboard Nels.
1: Greetings Watson.
0: Okay, yeah. Issue up. Um, we started the show off with, uh, on uh, Green Dolphin Street. This is the last tour John uh, Coltrane did with Miles Davis. I think it was Miles Davis's first tour to Europe. And I think they did a set each, which was yeah. kind of calmer, right? Because I read about in the old days they would do like five 20-minute s- sets a night or something. Miles uh, In the Quincy Troop uh, book, he claimed that's how he got on Chocho Cho and shit. Uh but this was supposed to be a little calmer, and after this, uh they come back home and John Coltrane starts his own band. Right. Uh then something from the brand new band and the brand new album for each a flower, the Nels Klein 4. So let's start with that. What is the fucking Nels Klein for? <laughs> no, because I never heard I knew about Nels Klein trio. From my days before even playing with you, and then later on Nels Klein singers. Now what is right. Nels Klein fault? And then there was a little interim thing. Nels Klein destroy all not Nels clients. right? And then the Nels Klein singers. Now the Nels Klein four.
1: Yeah, it's just uh, yet another project. What it's uh, something I wanted to do uh, as an outgrowth of the. Uh, ongoing duo I have with guitarist Julian Lodge and so Julian and I after making a duo record and doing a bunch of touring together uh, thought it'd be fun to play with the rhythm section so about uh, almost three years ago now I convened uh, these gentlemen uh, at a gig at the Stone in the East Village New York City and it worked really well, and uh, you know, Scott Colley, I met years and years ago, he's originally from Los Angeles, uh, an Eagle Rock native, and has played with pretty much every jazz great you can think of, and he, he uh, really wanted to play with me. So uh, he's also played for years and years with Julian, in Julian's trio, but also they played together in Gary Burton's new quartet, as it was called, for years. Um, And Tom Rainey and I played together on and off for maybe about 16 or 17 years, one of my favorite musicians in the world. And it turned out that Scott and Tom had played together uh, in the 90s quite a bit here in New York, maybe hundreds of gigs as a working rhythm section. Uh, And uh, so it really went well, and so I decided to kind of forge ahead. It's kind of a difficult band to schedule because everybody's – doing so many different things but that kind of works for me i'm still doing the singers and uh working up to recording the singers again for something and uh probably another duo record with julian but for now we've got what i like to call the nc4
0: okay uh, since the nc4 comes out of that was client four comes out of your duet with Julian. You you should talk about Julian. That how how you guys got together.
1: Yeah, Julian is really one of the most amazing people I've ever known, and and uh, very young. I think he's thirty years old now, and uh, quite a virtuoso, but not just a an arm wave or a finger wiggler type of virtuoso, like a real musical human and a lovely person. And we met at a lunch that used to happen sometimes was called the crony lunches at the end of the street that uh, my wife Yuke and i were living on west 11th street and uh, it involved jim hall the great guitarist who lived on uh, west 12th street and um, his friend brian camellio used to have these lunches to try to get Jim out of the apartment, hang with his buddies. This is when I started hanging with Scott Colley, among other people. A lot of guitarists, Adam Rogers, and uh, John Pondell, and Kate Shute, and really, really great people. And then one day, Julian came to one of these lunches, and I'd been hearing about him from Jim Hall. Jim loved to talk about him. They had played together, and in fact, the first time I saw Julian play live, he was playing with Jim and scott Colley and joey Barron, the great drummer uh, they were at the blue note and uh, Julian and i just hit it off we started improvising together and uh i'd have to describe it as as really rather magical uh, a really deep connection was formed right away and so uh, it's just fun to play with julian and he kicks my ass and uh i always feel like i play a little better if i'm playing with julian
0: and you guys made
1: records? We made a duo record called Room. And you didn't Man.
0: send it to me, so I ain't played it on my fucking show. But you should do that, because I would like to. Uh, okay.
1: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, if you send me shit, I'll play it. But if you don't... But I knew you'd been playing with him. I just didn't know if you recorded it or not. Yeah, yeah. It's really... Actually, for people <laughs> like... You know, you said a bunch of names of these guitar guys and all this, and... For people here who know you in SoCal about your music, what I got to tell them is a lot of this stuff is a product of you moving away from SoCal to New York City. Correct. Right? Even though you yes. played with some of these guys in the Nels Klein for when you were here in SoCal.
1: Yeah, I played with Tom Rainey uh, yeah, when I right. still lived there. We, we had a trio with Andrea Parkins, and an improvising trio. We toured Europe once and made two records.
0: Right, so even though you played with them and stuff, actually, all the connect—it's—it's it's all the—it's the music scene uh, where you're living now,
1: more yeah, conducive it, it, to it stuff feels, like
0: yeah. this than when you were here and your brother Alex trying to get free music happening with your new music Mondays, all that stuff and all that labor and right. hardly any fruit, except of course, <laughs> n- 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 no, your personal investment in your own journey, music journey, that wasn't. Wasted it all, of course, because it always added up to the next time you play. And that's still that way. I'm not trying yeah. to discount all those things, but it's just
1: different kinds of environment, would you yeah. say? Yeah. As an improviser, uh, primarily, I think, um, at least that's what I feel strongest about uh, when I play, I guess, is that I can improvise better than I can interpret. Oh, I love to keep trying to play and interpret other people's music and my own for that matter. But improvising is uh, really kind of my big thing. And certainly there are an amazing number of skilled improvisers here and people of the so-called very loosely termed jazz world. Um, many of whom I knew before I actually ended up living here, but now uh I'm astonished constantly by the number of people of various uh styles and coming from various scenes and various ages uh who really have something going on and so I I just being in proximity to that energy and to that kind of activity uh puts me in a lot of situations that uh I guess wouldn't have happened so often or so uh so unpredictably while I was living in uh, Los Angeles.
0: Yeah, so Cal, you kind of had to put it together, like invite cats, uh, please, uh, make this a tour stop, or or maybe even sometimes brought cats in. I, I, I remember some of those uh, New Music Monday things were, those Those were events organized by you. It wasn't just yeah. like booking who's coming through. I mean, you had to make it happen.
1: Yeah, I was trying to do three uh, artists or three groups or whatever, um, per evening, and generally anchoring it with my old trio. Uh, And sometimes there were a lot of people traveling who needed gigs. And so really I started that series primarily, well, it was at the behest of one of the owners of the Alligator Lounge. whose name was Milt Wilson. And uh, I really started it for the locals. Really I wanted a place... For everybody to be able to meet and hear each other, because it's it's challenging in Los Angeles just by virtue out, of geography. Yeah, balkanized yeah. neighborhoods. Yeah, but it really kind of happened at least for a couple of years there. People were driving from all over the place. Yeah,
0: and then the tour stop thing too.
1: Yeah, and then well, what happened is that there were so many people wanted a gig like this when they were traveling through Southern California that uh, it became kind of cool in one way, but also a little frustrating for me because I really wanted to save those spaces for my favorite uh, friends, local artists that I felt needed gigs and uh, needed wider recognition. But it ended up being a really nice mix, ultimately. And yeah, every,
0: in a way, everybody needed <laughs> The guys on the road needed the recognition, too.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, at one point, <laughs> Modesky, Martin, and Wood played because... Yeah. They'd had a gig canceled uh, in Los Angeles, so they took, you know, there was a door gig, so they certainly made less money than they were probably asking the club that they were to play at, but uh, it went, you know, really well, and we had Charles Gale a couple of times. Yeah, so he, yeah,
0: I know you, you helped make those happen. You kind right. of brought him out of retirement, right? Uh, uh,
1: well, he was, he was kind of back at that point, but... Um, Well, you you presented it with
0: some opportunity.
1: Yeah, yeah. And a lot of that came through my friends uh, in the early days of the Knitting Factory um, and also Thurston Moore. You know, Thurston uh, kind of made, for example, Charles Gale and other people like Joe McPhee and uh, Arthur Doyle made made these guys recognize names to Sonic Youth fans. And so that really expanded the audience, at least for a minute there. For a lot of these so called free jazz players. William and, Hooker. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The hey, well, t- t- I,
0: tell me about this song Imperfect Ten off the new record.
1: Ah, uh, well, that was uh the working title of that you'll loved what it's wow. uh it was called Jazz Fusion Composition. <laughs> and I guess it's better f- than
0: fusion cumbria. <laughs>
1: <laughs> What's it like a Charlie Mingus song? yeah yeah oh i love that record it's a great um, song but the title oh my god yeah but you know, i like to use the f-word just to upset everybody <laughs> um because after all i mean I really am kind of a fusion dude and and uh imperfect 10 um w- would
0: you rather take the f-word over the p-word prog <laughs>
1: You know, they're all like these little, <laughs> I know, they are they're the like little hampers. You know, you get a film in the, the dirty clothes hamper, the clean clothes yeah, hamper. I don't but know. They're, they're still hampers, clothes, yeah. they're, So hampered by the hampers, but I have to say that. Don't put that, a pamper
0: that, in the damper. Don't put a damper in the pamper.
1: Fusion's a pretty meaningless word at this point. Um, and, uh, you know, I like to think of where I come from as being kind of, you know, originally it was rock and roll and then what we call jazz rock and electric jazz are all these terms (laughs) that predated the the f word but uh but as fusion goes um imperfect 10 is kind of a fusion tune so um it it was written kind of really for fun and stylistically wasn't exactly where i thought uh i wanted to go with the nels klein 4 but everyone really had a good time playing it and uh and it reminds me of one of my favorite musicians, John Scofield. There's a little Sco. Remember,
0: we went and played after him at the Monterey Jazz.
1: Yeah, yeah, we've pretty, pretty What was good that? Two thousand four. Yeah, I remember. I had a my back had gone out. I remember I played that one in a back brace. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but I <I've> never. <laughs> well, here we go. Perfect ten.
0: doll for the paper dolls. Paper doll cutouts and fairy tale rhymes don't usually go together, but they do sometimes, and boy, do we ever put on a show. We'll skate our asses off, don't you know? Blocking and jamming, spin them around, replicating our world as we're coming on down. Paper doll, chase out, it's a paper doll. Wind them up, gonna clock them out. Keep on jamming, really whip them out, it's a paper doll. Mm-hmm.
2: I'm Varela Castaneda Man I'm Man, man. man, man, man. man, man, man.
3: and end
1: I'm just getting warmed up.
0: Perfect 10 from Nails Climb 4. Then we had Joe Burr with Paper Doll, Katarashki with Minamar, Bernays Propaganda with Darvin Nano, Volpravo, uh, SS Space Systems, Fujiwara no Yoshi Tsune, Hello God featuring uh, Ganja, Sufi, Ganja Sufi from uh, Nano Face, Shit is Whack from Feel, feel Spectres, Rooster Head, Attitude for Sale, okay. Robert Pollard tonight's the radio uh, rodeo, sorry but not his first rodeo Farther South, Near Morning, and finally f- Furtive?
1: Furtive, yeah Furtive? Yeah
0: By Nels Klein 4, what, what about that too?
1: Well, it's one that uh, I wrote and we recorded it without having ever played it live we just basically kind of learned it and recorded it cause Was there a lot of that on the record? Well, so, you know, the first session I did, after we'd played a couple of gigs, I just sort of tracked some songs to see how it would go and um, not knowing how I was going to release the stuff. And uh, and I, I played some of that stuff, uh, I guess I was thinking of them as demos but possible masters, and I played some of it for Don Was, who was one of the chiefs at Blue Note, and he said, I love this. So they decided they wanted to license another Record for me, which is what they did with the one called Lovers. Yeah, I got to play all ago. that on the show. Yeah, so so th- then it turned out we were making a Blue Note record. So I thought, wow, I guess I got to make it all you know a full length record. So we went in with some of the newer things I had and and recorded and I re-recorded a couple of the songs that I thought we could maybe do a little bit better. So we had one day of of that and Furtive was the new song along with For Each a Flower. And um, it reminds me, at least, I don't know if it reminds me, but I was thinking about a Duke Ellington piece from the Far East Suite called A Tourist Point of View when I wrote this, and I also was looking for uh, a continuation of a sort of methodology that Julian and I use, uh, where I write short lines and just put numbers on them, and I just hold up my hand, like, you know, which number, and we play that line and then continue improvising Like for Uh, cues. Collectively, yeah. And so there's no Sovereign, as opposed to Imperfect 10, which is, I think, the only back-and-forth Sovereign soloing song with me and Julian, Julian first and then me right after him. This has, what, uh, about half the record features, which is collective uh, quartet playing and Julian and I playing off of each other, you know, at the same time. And this piece, Furtive, was uh, very specifically designed to, accommodate that kind of interplay. And uh, and it sounds kind of like a like a mad chase scene
0: <laughs> or something. The middle part of In the Court of the Crimson King with that clarinet. <laughs> right. <laughs> We're at the end of the first hour, April 8th, 2018. Dishawaf Peter Show. Special guest, Nels Klein, old tight. For hour two. No April 8th, 2018, it's the second hour of the for Pedro show. Off for Pedro show we start off the second hour with uh, swing ghost 59 tell us about that Des
1: well that's a I guess it's kind of a whimsical piece um it sounds kind of heavy but um the idea behind the piece is a little odd it's it's a, it's a situation where I guess very rarely in my life I've had a song titled before I wrote the piece
0: ah the way Watt
1: usually does it yeah. Well, this one I thought it'd be interesting to write a piece called Swing Ghost 59 that was kind of about a conflict, uh, an imagined conflict between swung time and straight time, even time. And so uh, in this scenario, the scenario of Swing Ghost 59, Swing is losing the battle <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, against straight time and in fact gets bludgeoned by straight time. Uh, twice in the composition and the rest of it is just kind of you know a nice excuse to improvise together as a quartet it's another uh, piece where generally it's a collective improvisation after the sort of swift hocketed uh, thematic stuff with the guitars uh, Scott Colley steps out for a little while and plays some bass and then Julie and I come in and we just basically mess around until we quiet down into a little swing line, very retro little swing section, which once again becomes bludgeoned uh, into submission by heavy 4-4.
0: The passage
1: gets pounded. Pounded.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Then we had some stuff from China. PK-14, flowers in hand, a crazed woman. The Top Floor Circus with If I'm Not at the Train Station then I'm on my way there and finally boot ye with Lost. What about this tune, uh, Amanetta?
1: Aminette. Oh yeah, Aminette is just kind of a, an excuse to play free jazz. Uh, it's something that I've done with the singers. I've done it uh, in the duo with Julie. Is there Julie a difference the, between the, free the, jazz and free music? Well, I mean, it's just basically it's kind of like I hate this term, but I guess I'll okay. have to use it. It's kind of a free bop line. And so this free bop thing is is in my... You mean like Roland Kirk? Well, no, like Ornette. Oh, so, okay. So, so this, to me, it's called Aminette. The song is called Aminette because there's a line in it that goes... Da-de-dup, 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 da-de-dup. And that line, to me... Is it's is, a, yeah, It's reminiscent of a Scott Amendola song called Street Beat, dedicated to Ed Blackwell... And then the rest of it's all very Ornette-ish as well. So I just called it Aminette.
0: What what's what's your take on
1: uh har- Well, you know, I think that what Ornette was getting at with the term harmolodic, if I'm not mistaken, was basically this idea of uh untransposed melodic uh confluence. And uh as a kind of theoretical thing, I don't really know what to say about it, but I think that that's what uh Ornette was going for and and it's interesting uh to think about independent melodic development uh regardless of shall we say you know triads and scales and and things like that. It's more of an untransposed simultaneous melodic thread or layering of threads and I think uh, Ornette Coleman's one of the most important musicians of our time or any time what,
0: what, what about Joe Biza in his mechalodiac uh,
1: variation? I think he's really inspired, I love Joe and I think he's really inspired by Primetime and I think that Ornette's Primetime band uh, especially the the first iteration with uh, Charlie Ellerby and Burn Nix playing guitars uh, had this astonishing kind of
0: uh Gennardo and uh, who yeah. was Jamaladeen in that version?
1: Uh Jamaladeen was in the first version, yeah. Hey, by the way, I'm playing with Jamaladeen later this month for the first time. I'm very excited about it.
0: I hope he breaks some strings for you. That guy <laughs> is so wild. I got When I saw Prime Time the first time, the first note maybe of the first song he broke a string. He's uh, wild. Yeah. Much respect. He's an amazing guy. But, but amazing. look, let, let's let's listen to Eminem. Uh, show. That was uh yeah, Aminette from the Nails Client Floor. And then uh, La Horinga Hormiga, sorry, from uh, Very Be Careful guess we had on uh, actually you know they're Columbia cats, but their their version is called Vallenato, but ev- everybody thinks cumbia right away. Yeah, You're I telling like you me is. there's all kinds of Columbia musics because of the yeah. geography Yeah, some regions are totally separated separated from other ones, so they develop their own traditions. Uh, Then we had Andrea Roten. He was on last month. Uh, Italian guy living in Czech Republic. Susadovich Pes. Then Ghost Car, right out of here. That's got uh, young Daniel, who's uh, playing with uh, the lips. Geistafara, that's German for ghost driver and... Scary shit, you get on the freeway the wrong way, or auto-bomb. <laughs> Healers with yeah. um, a little time in the laundry room just west of Chicago. Nels knows a little bit of Chicago. I was conceived yeah. there. And then finally, the reprise <laughs> to uh, Lord Horminga. Hormiga from Very Be Careful. Uh, so, Nels, uh, I'm confused here. Uh, the record started, because you didn't know how it was going to be realized it was going to be a bl- Blue Note record. So you started the proj actually just getting some tunes together, not knowing whether it was going to be EP or an album or what. Yeah. But then yeah. once the Don Was guy, he puts down his, yeah, because he's famous for being on the leash for the next project. That's what I hear. <laughs> but to, you, you, he was in on your proj, and he, he gave you the go, because people, yeah. actually, uh, Lovers was a, a Blue Note and Robbie, one of their their big acts is Robbie Coltrane, right?
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know if we're obvious. Is he still on Blue Note? I don't even remember who's on the label, man. I'm sorry. But that's okay. That's okay. Don's but, 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 but what happened
0: was when they si- when Don was when you got to go, all of a sudden the whole idea changes. So you go and you re, you re-, re- recorded things.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and what, we, were they
0: different pads, different studios?
1: Yeah, okay. yeah, the the in fact the studio that we ended up finishing the record at was was the same one uh where you and I recorded w- at Tonys but we weren't at Tonys we were next door T- Studio G Studio G Yeah, and uh but we were in this the Studio A and Studio G and it was so small and I thought it was going to be bigger but we only had one day. This is the most unschedulable band of all time as far as trying to get people together. Yeah, right, right. uh, It's just ridiculous. So I had basically one day where everyone could do this, and then we'd make our release date. So we did it. We did it in the little Studio A, and we did a second version of Swing Ghost 59, recorded the new stuff. And uh, the rest of it uh, was done at a place called Strange Weather in Williamsburg, and uh, in the, in the demo stage, supposedly, you know, whatever you want to call that phase. Um, and then we just put it all together. Ron St. Germain mixed it. My friend Ed McIntyre recorded in both studios. Um, and, you know, it's the kind of thing that doesn't take long to do. They're no. basically capturing performances. Well, more- I'm
0: just saying that because to me it sounds pretty, you know, good integrity. It don't sound like the here and there. It's all, it's pretty, Ron did a good job mixing.
1: Yeah, he's, he's amazing. And and uh Was you know, Tony there to record you? Character. Was Tony the uh, knob guy
0: at Studio G?
1: Uh, Ed, Ed uh, my friend Ed did it. Okay. He's not a Studio G guy. Okay. <laughs> um, That's all right. Look, we're at the
0: second uh, uh, end of the second hour, April eighth, twenty eighteen, dishawat for Peter show, special guest Neil Klein Haint type for hour three. April 8th, 2018, it's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro Show. <music> Watch for Pedro show. Started the third hour off with Temporarily by the Nails Climb 4. Nails?
1: Yeah, hi.
0: Temporarily.
1: Yeah, that's by Carla Blay. It's yeah. a, a very old piece. The only version I know of, uh, interestingly, is by the Jimmy Jufri 3. Uh, and I don't think Carla Blay ever recorded the song herself. And Paul Blay never played it. I don't know actually what the story is that's pretty unusual for Carla Blay material from the 60s to just have one version. Um, But I think it's really a great little piece, and it's just another excuse for group interplay and a free improvisation. Yeah, what did
0: you ask the guys to do? Like, take direction from the tune or take direction from the sitch?
1: I think it's mostly from the sitch, actually. yeah. yeah. That's Um, what I was thinking. You know, there's a lot of... There's a mood that's set up by the piece, but I think we uh, were we to stay with that too long uh, in that sort of a swing feel, it would kind of be uh, limiting and maybe a little tedious. And also I took my cue from the Jimmy Free 3, and they, they uh, in their recording from 1961 of this song, just immediately depart into uh, collective brilliance uh, one of my favorite groups ever. Righteous trip to that
0: kind of thing. Uh, truly, I'm, I'm into it. Uh, we had The Man Glow with Jack. Uh, Paul Ross actually recorded that. Monday, Can't Forget You. Then John uh, S. Williams from Australia with Barrel of a Gun. And finally, out of Balmore, Moldo with Low Lunge to Johto. Now, this <laughs> this tune here, as close as that, mm-hmm. in likeness.
1: Oh well, it's uh, I guess I have a few pieces that are somewhat like this. They're based on some arpeggiating guitar thing that I think sounds, you know, real boss and mysterious or whatever. Um, this was the most recent of those. Um, there's, for example, you mentioned the All Nels Klein record from yeah. the old days, super dramatic version of this kind of a piece on there because it's called the Ringing Hand. Um, <laughs> yeah, there was. Four guitars uh Wayne Pete would sometimes play keyboards, Zena Parkins on harp uh my brother Alex Bob did play bass though Okay. Uh, woody Applenalp Carl Bozolich and g e Stinson and me the guitars
0: and so it's kind of a a nod to but, that huh a,
1: yeah a less dramatic to, version and and then of course a fitted for the four uh nail's crying four I think that uh. As close as that, which I also play with Yuka in our duo, uh, it's very much an outgrowth of my interest in music by Ralph Towner. Uh, and I think, uh, harmonically and just mood wise, uh, has something to do with my sort of long lasting, uh, appreciation for a lot of recordings on the ECM label. And so it has a kind of impressionistic, uh, aspect.
0: Okay, let's listen.
4: Cause we know how The last experiment In freedom now Join up in tyranny For jobs and sword Don't say Unpatriotic word Until love Falls apart And ghosts stand still Souls...
5: You're on the back, so.
0: Piva show last music for this edition as close as that as close as it gets to an ECM tribute <laughs> but also echoing back to destroy all Nels Klein days so yeah. it's kind of it's kind of a mixed metaphor uh, then the evil-hearted you out of East LA with nine stories four-dimensional nightmare with Philly Delphic it's got some lyrics from Charlie Plymel, Cherry Valley, who was a good friend of Paul Blay. He lived Mm. up there, you know, his last years.
6: Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, Frog hair out of Houston with nothing behind a ring. Zero Den out of Perth with Pisces Live, I think WMFU, which I'm going to play in June. Danny Frankel and some guy named, a young New Yorker named Matt Motel and a project called Afternoon Freak. Nice. So uh yeah, and I'm gonna go record some uh, more sock tight with uh, Raymond Pettibone and Dirk, Dirk uh Vandenberg's coming with me. I'm gonna be we're gonna spawn uh, Bloomsday in your town. Your no. adopted town, Niels Clark. Then 1518 out of Italy with In the End and finally parts one and two of River Mouth. Oh uh, yeah. I'm curious about
1: this. Well it's uh part one is the sort of drifting uh, another arpeggio going there. Uh, Julian's playing. Uh, piece begins and ends uh, the same way. In this way, I think of it as just one big flowing river. And part two is sort of where the river flows more quickly, I guess. Uh, and it's sort of a drone, big Lydian drone at the end. Well, that certainly
0: speaks for itself. But do you know about <laughs> this meat puppet? Uh, it's called Two Rivers. No. uh -uh. Yeah, it's one of their early records, and uh, it's about the two rivers ending up being one big river. (laughs) It's such a great metaphor. Yeah, yeah, so when I saw this parts one and two, I I immediately thought Kirk Kirkwood.
1: (laughs) What record is that? I think it's number two, or or it's number three, so it's number two or Up on the Sun. Okay, well that means that I actually know the song, but just forgot the title, because... uh, I love both those records. I just haven't heard them in a long time.
0: Yeah, yeah. And Two River, I mean, just thematically, you know, but, but he musically works on that same thing that you did, and I just wanted to check in on that. Look, what's what's the next? It's hard for this band to play, but there are some gigs.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're playing a record release gig in uh, New York City, uh, Le Poisson Rouge, on the Red 16th Fish. this month.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. Do you know and what? We'll that to- used to be
0: the Village Underground, huh? Uh, Village Gate. Village Gate. That's what it was called. Because right. John Coltrane, I don't know if they, they changed the stage and everything, but he played in that room, I was told. The
1: Village Gate. I'm sure he did. its uh, I never went there when it was the Village Gate. I missed it. Yeah, me either. Me either. I mean. But uh, I guess it's a uh, different layout inside. Um, anyway, the NC4 is going to go oh, to Europe. I did for- do
0: the Village Underground. That's why I did the first time black game with Joe Biza. Okay.
1: Yeah, but it had a different name. It was like the Elbow Room or some shit. Oh. Yeah. I almost went there in the 80s because Sonic Youth were were uh, playing along with the Butthole Surfers, all one band, and had four drummers, and <laughs> I really wanted to go check this out, but I was stuck trying to get a drum set uh, back to its original owner after a Julius Hemphill tour. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, so I was... And I remember... I kept uh, calling the club and sa- and asking if they'd started yet. And I'd be like, "No, they haven't started. No, nope, they haven't started." And then I couldn't make yep, it. They, and they started, started.
0: <laughs> and then they ended. Then they Look, ended. people, you can find uh, Nels Klein info on the web at N E L S C L I N E dot com. Yeah. Uh, check this out. If you get a chance, come see them play. Nels, I want to thank you so much for being on the show, and I love this new record, and I can't hear what's coming down the road next.
1: Yeah, well, it's uh, it's really been a pleasure to be on your show after all this time, and it's uh, really nice to be able to make some music, and I'm really glad you like the record.
0: And I want to hear the duet stuff, and I want to hear the new stuff with uh, Mrs. Yuka.
1: okay? Please. Okay, well, that record's almost done. Well. I have no idea how to put it no out. No wine
0: before it's time,
1: so. Yep. Yeah, but I'll get you that uh, duo record. Okay, it's been right. uh, <laughs> April eighth, two thousand
0: eighteen edition. watch for Peter Show special guest Nels Klein, Everybody out there, keep your powder dry. <laughs>